Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, special. Something inside me has always been there. But now it's awake. And I need help. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, episode 74. My name is Josh. I'm Hannah. And today we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. We're going to be doing a spoiler episode. So if you haven't actually watched the movie yet, maybe not listen yeah. to this episode quite yeah, yet. The, the, there's no point in doing that. So Hannah, now what did you think of uh, think of The Last Jedi? Are we totally <laughs> going to ignore our guests? We have guests? <laughs> we have guests. Oh. It wouldn't be the first time. Oh, I completely <laughs> forgot. Oh man! No, we're so, we're just invited to the birthday party. Yeah, we, we're here to listen. Yeah. So joining us, we have our good friends Liam and Brittany from Cloud City Cast. Hello. Hi, I'm Jared Mariama. I I do art. <laughs> See, he thinks he's cool when he we- does that, but I mean, I had already done it. Just we don't. But we already know none of us have enough money to get Jared on our show anymore, (laughs) so it's not. I've been trying. I've I've been waitlisted so long. I'm just like, come on, Jared, please, whenever, whenever you want to go into 2025. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, we had our first episode, our non-spoiler episode over with Cloud City. Please don't cough in the mic. Oh my gosh, what are you doing to me? You're killing me, man. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> so we have that over at Cloud City Cast, and I think it was a pretty good episode. Yeah. Okay, I guess I was the only one that thought that. So that was. Uh, so <laughs> now was we're gonna go. Now we're gonna go. If I'm if I'm ranking it in my, let's, my let's top rank f- these episodes. Yeah. If I'm ranking it in my top five, like. Animation Station Cloud City Cast joint episodes. It probably doesn't even crack the top five, and we've only done three. Yeah, I was about to say we've so. done like three. Ouch! Um, but no, this time we're actually going to have a nice, meaningful podcast because we are going to spoil the crap out of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yeah, I asked Josh. Finally, and he goes, are you capable of doing a non-spoiler episode? Because I don't think I can do it. And again, that's why Liam got to do the non-spoiler one because he can edit everything. I'm not going to edit anything. Like I literally tell myself to edit. I don't even listen to myself in the recordings. I just don't edit anything. It all stays in. Pretty much. It's pretty bad. Which which then it's like the well, raw unfiltered version of the of the show, you know? Like I, it's good. I hope on the back of your t-shirt, I really hope it says Josh cut that. We'll have a we'll we're we're in the process of doing some stuff do it. t shirt wise. And there will be a don't cut uh, Josh cut that shirt. I think. I like it. It should be fantastic. There needs to be there needs one. to be a sticker. Oh, yeah. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Or a tattoo. And can you Either. and can you do one <laughs> can you do another one that says old man Gavin? Old just man old man Gavin. Gavin. Gav. <laughs> no, it'll just like it, we'll do. We'll do a, uh, so a picture wise. of him, but it'll look like uh, Che, but just like old man Gavin. And <laughs> no, it'll be in it his should favorite be favorite color oh, orange because he's a weirdo. It should be, it should be Gavin, but with mutton chops, and then he should have pencils for the claws between his fingers. <laughs> so instead of Wolverine, that's, that's it's good. old man we Gavin. Need to get that's an good. artist on that. Do it, Gavin. Do it. Yeah, too, <laughs> too bad you guys don't have an artist on your show well, that I'm you can get to do. I know. I wish we had an artist on our show. That's what he gets for Ooh, being here. So. Fighting words. Just, just <laughs> burn. I'm not that kind of artist. Burn. All right. So speaking of burns, so, let's go ahead and just get let's let's <laughs> go ahead peel dive off, right in peel off the band aids. Let's go straight into Last Jedi. Nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. Spoilers. So, oh, spoilers galore. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna spoil this just like when Luke dies at the very end of the movie. So we're spoiling everything. <laughs> it's all in there. Hey, let's. I had to get. Where do you want to start? start? Where do you want to start with? Let's this? start off. With I guess you gotta start at the beginning, right? A very good place to start. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I loved off first right off the bat. We got another joke with Poe. Yes. That was fantastic. I, I love Poe. I loved it so much. That's what I really wanted. But it was in this too movie. long. The joke it was is too long. They it did was... take too long to get that joke yes. going or to end it. So it was. Yeah, it was basically they took the. Do you talk first or do I talk first? They took that joke and then stretched it out for like five minutes. That was my complaint with it. I laughed. Like, don't get me wrong. I laughed the whole time that it happened. But, like, in retrospect, after it, I was like, there was a lot of jokes in that movie. There were a that lot of jokes. That first joke was way too long. I, yeah, I felt like, like there were it, too many jokes. I mean, it, there's, there's that all, really good joke of um, the Finn and Rose storyline. <laughs> nice. I actually had the thought when she kissed him at the end. I go, why you kissing Poe's boyfriend? And then I had to stop myself. <laughs> 
Well, I did also like. So yeah, I, I, I don't know how to go in order. Um, I did like. Well, no, this is no, kind, you this don't. is kind of an order because this happens at the very end of the uh, the Force Awakens book, um, when Ray meets Poe. Because they they actually meet in the book like right before she goes off to find Luke. Luke. Um, It's they like they look at each other and I believe the line is he's pretty cute and I'm like I dig it Ray (laughs) Ray what are you doing Love that's what I automatically fell out of love with Ray I'm like mm mm. This you two-timer. T- why? She's you go, two-timing. She has... She's two-timing. Two-timing who? Two-timing Why? Finn. She doesn't love Finn. Uh, uh, no, they, she she literally was like, I'm Ray," And he was like, my name is also one syllable. And Finn's over there like, me too. Except for she doesn't love Finn and either. Rose she is loves like, Kylo. Now it's my turn I love how this is coma. immediately what we start talking about is the love shape. <laughs> well, yeah, because honestly, that's what Star Wars is. <laughs> the love shape. Star Wars. It's a love Star story. Star Wars is a love story in space. set in space. With some space battles, and that's really that's what Star Wars cool is. laser sword fights, <laughs> right? Yeah. So okay, so when, when you think about how the Force Awakens ended, right? And I think everybody was assuming like, oh, we're gonna pick up right where they left off, and she's still holding out the lightsaber to oh. Luke, and she's like, my arm's getting tired. Can you grab this damn thing already? But instead, we got a space battle with the most ineffective bombers. Oh of my! All okay, time. okay. First off, first oh. off, here we go. Here we are. You ready for this one? Here's the question of all questions. These are bombers that literally drop bombs. In space, I want you guys to think about this. They are bombers in Where space they go. that are dropping bombs. How can With you drop no a bomb gravity. in space? So that's number one, <laughs> Josh's problem with the movie. Josh's second problem with the movie this girl... He almost held up three fingers, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my, he was like, am I second? My second problem <laughs> is this girl that's uh, Rose's sister, who yeah. I can't remember her name. She's got a book. Paige. Paige? Paige. Yeah, Phil Noto uh, did the cover art for that book that's coming out. That's all about them, and I'm like, that's fantastic, because I love Phil Noto. Plug, shameless plug for Phil Noto. Um, but I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, Wait, you open those bay doors, right? Shouldn't you be like sucked out in space? Or just suffocating? Thinking. You should be suffocating. And she's just like, no, I'm going to call up to dead guy. I'm going to climb up a thing. And I'm somehow also going to catch the detonator as it's falling into space. I'm like, I I don't understand. I don't understand. You're first applying off, my real first world thing, physics to Star Wars, though, which physics I guess, never have existed. I guess existed because apparently ever. space in Star Wars is totally fine. Anyone can just live out there for multiple periods of time. Yes. So all those people Leia, that you know may have gotten especially shot in, Princess Leia. in Star Wars, I guess they're all just floating around. Yeah, they're having a party. Okay. I so, also like that they well, included Porkins 2.0 in here and then blew him up. I, I that was a nice I, little. I, I, did I was see like, him. "Oh, little Porkins, little Porkins." And let's be fair; it's not. It's not as though Star Wars hasn't really bent the rules before. Like, wh- i.e., I any of the sound effects that any of these ships make <laughs> yeah. as they fly through outer or space. Fire. Oh yeah, they also explosions <laughs> yeah. that make sounds in outer space in a vacuum. And then uh, above and beyond that, like even these people all on ships that like when the ships get hit, 
the gravity inhibitors would have gone offline and people would be floating in the ship, which never happens. People literally fall down and they go, gravity still exists. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, that only no... happens in the books that gravity ever goes wonky on a ship. Yeah, but but that I, I think that's kind of thing because when you think about Star Wars, like if you poke holes in that, then you have to poke holes all the way back to Return of the Jedi oh, and be and like, look, these guys are in armor and they're losing to teddy bears with <laughs> sticks and rocks. There is just no physical way that this happens. But you 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 have a suspension of belief. Yeah. So let's say that in the Star Wars universe, they've been able to do something where explosions and lasers and gravity all exist. Even above and beyond that, <laughs> these are the most these are the most worthless bombers of all time. Oh, they're, Why they're would you still they're fly? They're terrible. <clears throat> think of, no, think about it this way. Say you could still drop the bombs like they have some sort of special booster which drops them effectively. Fly way higher than the ship and drop it from there. Why do you need to fly like 20 feet above the bridge to drop your bombs? No. Fly like a click above it, out of range of its blasters, and just drop these magic bombs so they can fall from a high height. Why don't you do that? Because it doesn't build suspense and establish the character of Paige, who you're going to be like, she's Asian. I'm going to wait for the one other Asian person that I know is going to pop up in this movie. Oh, what do you know? They have matching pendants. That just quintessentially look like yin and yang. Well, it's weird. Like they look like yin and yang, but there's no possible way that those two match because they they fit together. They they don't. They're both the same way. They're too long. Exactly. So so with that space battle itself, I was super excited for A wings. They're my favorite like Star Wars ship. Like I just think they're they're so freaking cool. I love that, and I love that. That's the uh, the uh, the girl for I can't remember her name from Iron Fist. Oh, it's um, Henwick. Yeah, uh, uh, Jessica Henwick. Jessica Henwick. I mean, because she flew it yes. in Force Awakens, and she flies it in this one, and I'm like, I really was like No, her? she flew an X-Wing. She flew oh, an X-Wing yeah, I mean, in Force I mean, but she, Awakens. But she, flew, no, she, yeah, she yeah. was in the squad in she flew Force again. Awakens, and she flew again. I'm like, sweet, I really hope that her and Poe are going to be like this dynamic duo. No, we're going to kill her. In the most yeah. unceremonious way possible, That's we're going to kill Star her. That's normal Star Wars way, though. I don't know. I mean, Star Wars, they didn't kill freaking Biggs like that. Biggs went out in the blaze of glory. Yeah. He got killed by Darth freaking Vader. And she got killed <laughs> sitting in a cockpit in a space dock. And she just got, oops, death. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks <laughs> well, for killing the but, one but character lo- that I cared about. I think about. a lot of that battle ended up being unceremonious. You know what I mean? Where it was like, you know, we saw it in the trailers where Kylo hesitates to fire on the bridge when he feels his mother's presence there. And I thought it was really an interest, a bold choice to have the other two ships that were his wingmen were like, well, we're still going to fire on that mm-hmm. ship because that's part of our orders. They're not going to have the wherewithal to be like, oh, Kylo's mom might be on there. We probably shouldn't shoot it. Yeah. They're just going to do it. And I thought that was really impressive. And then for him to just like peel off afterwards, like mm-hmm. just like, okay, well, it's done. And I didn't do it. So I, I don't quite have that guilt. I did gasp because I was like, "Oh my god, they killed Leia off that quick!" I was, and I, I, I didn't expect that. that. And I really definitely didn't expect that. the Mary Poppins suck back into the <laughs> into the bridge. But I wasn't mad at it. I just wasn't expecting it. Well, see, I, I liked that just because I was like, "No, but it was it was totally unexpected." Because you're like, "Oh snap, that's how they killed <laughs> Leia." I thought that I thought it was I thought it was really powerful. I was like. That's exactly how somebody That's would go. I mean, like a general they Organa. They yeah. hit, they hit the, they hit the bridge. Bridge is gone. I'm like, 
Oh my gosh, they killed Leia. And I was I was actually like, oh wow, that was that was it. Quick, that was quick. the end of Princess <laughs> Leia. And then they show her and she moves her fingers. And I'm like, done. I'm out. I, I, if, here's the thing. If I would have driven, I would have walked out of that movie. And I would have been out. <laughs> I would have been gone. Because at that point, I was like, no. No. It's, it's too much. It's, it's too much for Josh. Josh can't handle it. I, I, didn't, I didn't like that either. I go, okay, so what are we going to do now? Because obviously, she's not going to die this way. So she's not going to die in this movie. She's not going it was to the, die. It was the perfect out for her. Yeah, it, it really was. But I did kind of... Appreciate- I don't know if it was... The- oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know if it was the perfect out, but no, go ahead, Hannah. Well, I was going to say, I did, though, appreciate like the conversations that she had with Poe about like uh, the differences between acceptable losses and unacceptable losses mm-hmm. in battle. I really liked the dynamic that they established between the two of them. I liked that a whole lot. Because you, you don't talk about acceptable, unacceptable losses in any of the Star Wars films. No. None. And it was a perfect Just send death out all our her. fighters, like, in A New Hope. That whole Death Star battle is a perfect example of unacceptable loss. And it's never mentioned that we've lost all of these fantastic fighter pilots. Well, yeah, in the... Uh, I, think, I think I've seen in the thing they show, like, there's, like, hundreds of X-Wings... Then, yeah. And then at the end, it's still like five guys make it out. Right. And you're it's, like, ooh, ooh, yeah, you yeah. guys lost a lot. And you don't have a whole lot of expendable resources to replace that fleet. So I really kind of appreciated that part of um, Star Wars dynamic being entered into this film. It was very Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially with we have, this is it. This is the resistance. We're try- And we're trying to run away from these guys. It was, it was, and she's basically like, where are the, like, when Laura Dern comes in there, she's like, we're all that's left. This is it. This is everybody that we have. And I thought that was really good. But, I mean, the reason that I thought it was a good way to take out Leia was because, again, she had that, those interactions with Poe. Yeah. She's, like, talking about acceptable losses. And I thought, you take her out here, I mean, acceptable loss, but you have to move forward. And I don't feel that you moved forward with her being in the med bay. Under, yeah, cool, under, it, under it did, that it did end up tone. being, yeah, it did end up being where she is like inconsequential to the plot at that point. You know what I mean? Like once that happens, you're like, oh, now she's knocked out in a coma. You're like, okay, well, what was the point of making such a big deal about, oh, there's going to be so much more Leia in this film. But then as it progressed and she comes back out, you get the great sequence where she shoots Poe. When he's like in the little command chair, which I thought that was really enjoyable, where he's like, you know, he's all like, oh, you're here, you're going to be on my side. And then she's like, nope, nope, boom. I thought that was great. And you needed to have the the reunion between her and Luke. Right. So if you execute her that early in the film, then you lose that. And if anything, that was probably one of my favorite parts about the film was when they do have that reunion like on crate, you know, like on, uh, in, in that final battle. So I... I I could forgive the Mary Poppins sequence uh, from outer space. You know, I I could forgive that knowing that there was something better coming along. Agreed. I, we needed Luke and Leia to meet in this film because knowing she's gone, we, we're not going to get that. We know that they're not going to CGI her for this next film. Thank goodness. I don't want them to do that. So we weren't going to get any sort of CGI Leia meeting, you know, with Luke and, 
now that we know Luke is dead, we're not going to get that meeting anyway. Yeah. Uh, unless for some reason, since Leia is so very strong with the Force, as we've seen in this film, does she get to become a Force ghost yeah. at some point? Like, where does it go from here? Like, oh, where God, where does how does she, if they I don't know. Like, well, how goes? Oh. No, but I think honestly, I, I I think another reason why I liked it because in the books they always established that she never really pursued her career as a potential Jedi because yeah. she was always so overwhelmed with the political mm-hmm. arena that she she never dabbled in that. If anything, all she learned was like calming techniques to to be able to deal with difficult politicians. So I kind of liked the this like alternate universe if you will where you're like no Leia is a badass like beyond just the fact that she can kick butt in the original trilogy like there was the potential that she could force choke somebody out or force push somebody out of the way like there was that potential that she was a force to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. force well I never questioned that she couldn't use the force we all knew that she could she just never displayed it and like you said from the books the politics is you know that's where she lied and she didn't need to be Jedi right so I appreciate that in this film in this send off for Carrie Fisher that she kind of did get to be, like you said, a badass yeah. in a sense. Now, if I if I was the director and if I could change it, I would not have done that scene. I would not have her getting killed in the beginning of the film and then coming back. I just yeah. would have left that out completely. Um, or I would have had it that she was so that you could still establish the force prowess that she had had the bomb hit. You know, if the missile had hit the bridge and she had used the force to seal off the windows, that would have been fair. and everybody that been was great. able to. That would have been so much better. Yeah, yeah. And then yes. you you don't kill off Admiral Akbar in a completely yeah. arbitrary manner. And she literally like she holds the window in place and is like everybody get out through this door. And then it looks like maybe she's that gonna, takes all of yeah. Her and then energy. it looks like she's gonna go. And then like Poe grabs her and pulls her out and closes the door at the last second while you know the bridge gets destroyed. Something I like, like that. that I think still would have established her connection to the Force and her power without. Turning it into like a little bit of a of a joke, it, you know? Yeah, it's like they the execution of that of Leia's story in that moment was really bad. I think that was just a poor decision, and they could have done so many other things except that because they kind of lost me too. I'm yeah, like, it it takes it takes you out. And I'm just like, yeah, and well, a couple things took me out, like the, the almost all of the jokes Luke said took me out of the film yeah i'm like, like they were trying too hard to make character. him han solo instead of him being this yeah. old man i hated i hated that wink that <sighs> wink that he gives 3po i absolutely 3PO. hated it i was like why are you winking at 3po you've never winked at 3po like you've had three movies to wink at 3po you don't <laughs> wink all I could all I could think of is Rocket Raccoon in Guardians Two, where he goes, "I'm using my left eye." Like that's all I could think of. That was so good. So, well, so when you think about like, so let's let's kind of transition into um, like Ray and Luke on Octo, like on on the island, and, I, and I'm and I'm kind of with you on this. Where there you, was you called 
what what is he going to do when he gets the lightsaber? Is he just going to throw, throw it, it into the water? Yeah, and I literally <laughs> called that. I was like, he's not going to be like, oh, thank you, or be like, hey, there was a hand with this. Could you give me that too? Like everybody saw the memes. I was like, he's going to take it and throw it. He's going to be like, I don't want this. And I think you were in a sense joking, and then it happened. Then that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but again, that, does, no, that I, doesn't I, feel anything like what Luke Skywalker would do. Like the established character of Luke Skywalker that we've had. I understand that there's been a 30 year difference 30 year be- gap between mm-hmm. you know where will like, the movie oops uh between the movies josh cut that um <laughs> but, but i still don't think that luke would have been like oh my gosh my lightsaber no no he just got rid of it well he's been so, isolated for a really long time so i feel like that is I don't know the a lot of the jokes that he did were out of character just from the fact that he's been isolated for quite a long time. Kind of went crazy like Yoda right. went crazy. Yeah, I was about to it, say. Yep. Think, yeah, think about sense. think about Yoda in the prequels is a vastly different Yoda than Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I mean he's he's a goofy, conniving jokester that he never was in the prequels mm-hmm. because he's had this time of isolation. That yeah, you. I think you go a little bit crazy, and I. But my complaint, I'm, I'm with you on that. With, with I think Hannah, Hannah was saying that. You were Han. Hannah. I'll Hannah. take. But there is almost. I'll take Hannah. Hannah. I'm looking There's for a almost, guy Hannah. with the last name Solo, so I can complete it. Hannah, Hannah Solo. There, I like it. <laughs> well, I, but I think it was almost there was too much Mark Hamill that came through. In his portrayal of Luke yeah. Skywalker, because Mark Hamill has also become kind of a kooky, crazy guy in his, like throughout the years. Like the Joker has infiltrated a whole lot of his personality, and I think that that bled through a lot in this movie. I didn't hate it, but at the same time, I did feel like what Josh had said is there was a little bit of a disconnect, um, and it almost felt like some of these lines would have been Han's lines instead of Luke's lines. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that was Ryan Johnson being I, like, thanks, J.J., you killed off Han, so I didn't get to use yeah. him. So guess what? Luke's going to get all the lines that Han was going to have. Because remember, Mark Hamill said early on that he told Ryan, I fundamentally disagree with everything you've done with this character, but I'm looking forward to doing it anyways. Like That, that was basically his conversation. Is that He was like, I don't agree with the direction you want this character to go in. It's not what I would have done, but I'm not the director, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I I do have problems. But again, I was not a fan in Empire when Luke goes to see Yoda for the first time. I, and <laughs> so, like, watching this and her just be like, hey, teach me, hey, teach me. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, really? This is what we're going to do. It's kind of just gonna, a rehash gonna, yeah, of Dagobah. We, we've kind of done this already. On a nice I did Little like I did like that how we got to gorgeous. see where blue milk came from. That was that was nifty. No, we finally <laughs> the answer to the age old question: Where does this blue milk come from? Um, As I said in the Cloud City Cast episode, I like ice cream, but I don't need to know how it's made. <laughs> but what if it's blue ice cream? But what if you have frog nuns that clean up your messes for no apparent reason? They're just there, right? So I mean I I guess since since we're on Octo right now in yeah. this in this uh in this, discussion. in this discussion that starts probably my favorite thing about this movie 
are those force interactions oh, between yeah. Ray and Kylo. Those force I, moments. Yes. I absolutely yes. love that. Cuz I mean and we and we have a progression of those force moments throughout the film and it's a good progression and it actually was a little bit of story that I was like, "Wow, Star Wars, you don't really do this. This is crazy." Um so we actually got this progression <laughs> of like she still don't doesn't trust him cuz he killed Han. Yeah. And then it slowly starts building. As she kind of grows more used to how the Force works and what the Force actually is, you kind of see that she can start reading things inside and of she, this and connection. She's, and she's starting to get every... Like, she's starting to feel Kylo out. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, obviously, Adam Driver without a shirt on. I'm like, oh, bro. Huh, huh, I Lord of mercy. <laughs> I could you put on a I towel or something? I he's like, put he's on like a tunic. no, I worked for this. I was like, I I'm not putting anything done without on. that, but that's just me. Uh, you know. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I I loved each and every one of those one of those scenes, yeah. and that's what I was looking forward to. I didn't really care about her training because I'm like, yeah, she's gonna leave because that's what's gonna happen. That's in this what film. happens when we, people we go find masters; they leave. They in the leave the of master. Um, yeah, and like then when we would cut to Rose and Finn, Finn and Monte Carlo, I was just like, oh, this is, <laughs> I mean, cool, we're in. You know, Space Vegas, but Viva yeah. Las I was like, Vegas. It's an episode of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, oh, it is. <laughs> that's that's yeah, all pretty it much. Was. Um, and I was so, waiting for Faye to show yeah. up at some point. That would have been fantastic. Girl walks in with a you know yellow on. That would have been cool. That'd but, been a nice little. Here you go, people. Because uh, like, and like, so yeah. I'm watching all this. I'm like, can we get back to Finn and Ray, please? Because like, I'm really enjoying yeah. this story. And then when we have, uh, you know. Uh, I said Finn and Ray. I didn't mean Finn and Ray. I meant Ray and Kylo. Finn and Rose. Um, I love the stuff with Poe, but Poe is probably one of my favorite new characters introduced into these new films. I love Poe. I kind of felt like they turned him into Luke, though. He kind of got whiny for me. He did. He did. He was like, like, let's take Luke and Han and kind of mold them together, and then here's what we got. Yeah. And we got Last Jedi Poe. Which Last Jedi Poe was fine, but not as good as Force Awakens. He's not as good as Force. He's not as good as Force Awakens Poe. He's not as good as Force Awakens book Poe. I still need to read that. (laughs) He is so dreamy. (laughs) But Hannah, but you were saying like with Poe, like what was it about his storyline that you think kind of like got you so excited about the like his his uh, his arc throughout the film? I don't know. I just I like the. I always like the go getter. Like get I. I see a problem. Let's get the problem fixed. It's like force order is li- literally right there. Let's go. Let's blow them up. Let's try to do something instead of just sitting here and sitting on our hands, not doing anything. So, I mean, they're not the most perfect of characters, but I like them in their imperfections. And that I, I, right. I do acknowledge that he is kind of more of a mix of Luke and Han in this film than he was in the film previous and it might have lessened i think his worth a little bit in this film but i still appreciate that he was still like he still had oomph in his righteousness of like i know that this is a problem and we have to go fix it and we have to do something i think the only thing for me with poe in this film i still enjoyed his character but when i think back to the whole movie if he would have just shut up for <laughs> five minutes, a lot of the problems could have been resolved. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah. 
like if he would have just let Holdo do what she was gonna do, they probably wouldn't have had some of the problems that they had. <laughs> see, and I love Laura so, Dern in this film. I actually was really excited to see her and what she was going to do, and I got a little upset. It's like I'm emotionally invested in what she's going to do, and then you kill her. Yeah. Okay. Which, well, which, which there I think was, there was no con- enough time, not enough yeah. time for a connection with her, at least for me. And I think Josh, you had said earlier that it was like that. There was multiple opportunities for Leia to have her send off, and I think mm-hmm. Laura Dern's death could have easily have been Leia's. Oh, it should have been. But we, yet like, again, we immediately said that we, after the movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then yet again, you still needed the reunion with Luke, and so even at that point, if you kill her off, you still don't get that reunion, and you can't move that reunion up because it needed to occur the way that it did to get that beautiful send off at the end, you know, towards the end of the film. Um, but I'm, I'm with you at the same time. I was like, how BA would that be if she piloted the ship back into um, Snoke's flagship? I think that would have been that would have been awesome. But at the same, by the same token, it's like. Did you even need to have the character of Laura Dern? Couldn't that have easily just been Admiral Akbar? Couldn't that oh, have yeah. just as easily been another commanding officer like the I, I don't know what the character's name is, but the older lady that was also part of the command deck? Yeah. Like you literally could have had any other character. If anything, I think it would have been a better send off for Akbar. Because oh, yeah, he would have been like, no, Leia, it's been a pleasure serving under you for so many years. Let, let me do this. And I, I personally would have preferred that. And that's no slight against Laura Dern. I thought she was great. But I would have preferred to see her character go on m- more of like a political <laughs> adversary to Leia where they weren't so like buddy-buddy. Like it was almost like they disagreed on the way things should have been done. I think that would have been more, more enticing. Yeah. I can see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I... I liked Laura Dern's character. I I knew that, and, and that's one of the things, you know, watching the amount of content that I watch, watching her and her being like, yeah, we're just going to run away. I was like, there's no way you're just going to run away. You have nowhere to run. So yeah. I, I had a feeling. I was like, something, there's, something. There's, a, there's a plan somewhere. Yeah. I didn't know what the plan was until we actually find out what the plan is. And I'm like, that's a fantastic no. plan. And I wouldn't have told Poe either. I wouldn't have told anybody <laughs> that was the plan because you have a trade. Well, but if she would have, yeah. it would have saved some time. Well, but, yeah. but you have to figure. I mean, she, well, Laura Dern she, has she, she seen. Doesn't, she doesn't know. Like, they know that there's a traitor on this ship. We don't know who this traitor is. We still don't know who this traitor is. That traitor can still be with them for all we know. We don't know what was giving away the signals. It was never addressed. It's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, they know what we're doing. How do they know? I mean, we, we never actually figured that out. They've I mean, for all infiltrated. I know, it could be that it could be that other BB droid that was uh, that BB-8 was talking to in that one quick little segment. There was another Rolly droid oh, that wasn't oh. in it. Darth, Darth BB? No, there, there, Darth there was, BB-8? Another, there was no, another one. No, another there BB. was another one, too. It was where there was another Rolly Ball uh, droid. He was like, in it for like I a couple I don't remember scenes. it. I must have missed that. Cause I, 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 was like, I only remember the all black. black. Yeah, I remember the yeah, black one. Yeah, this one was like, a, he was like forest green yeah. it looked like. So he was like dark, but not like super dark. He's oh. only in like, he's in like a that. few shots. Like he rolls off like at the very beginning. And then he and BB-8 are like beeping at each other. No, I don't, I don't remember Oh, weird. That. I don't remember that one. I catch I think you may have just, like I think you just... <laughs> You just dreamed it up, I guess. Well, no, because you well, you got to figure, like, 
you know, we had a lot of parallels between A New Hope and The Force Awakens. And even with this film, we still had the parallels. You had the, instead of the Empire chasing the Millennium Falcon, you had Snoke and the First Order chasing, you know, uh, Leia in the flagship. So you still had like, oh, well, this ship is running from this ship while there's other stuff going on. Oh, well, what are we going to do to escape the ship? Hey, let's send some people off to a planet where we're going to run into somebody that's going to betray us. Like, yeah, a lot of parallels between those films as well, which, I mean, was fine, except for the I much preferred Cloud City, why this, you know, our podcast is named Cloud City. But their Canto Bite for me was not going to be able to compare to that. And although I understood the message that DJ tried to get across with the whole, look, these people are rich because they deal to both sides. Yeah. So you can't view these people as evil because they literally are just playing the system. And it's like, you guys are just as bad as the first over because you're all making these people rich by buying from them. So he was kind of trying to show that hypocrisy, which I got. But then there was no reinforcement for that later on. Like it was literally a throwaway in act two. And then we immediately forgot about everything that DJ said because we're like, ooh, Phasma's back. Oh, never mind. Phasma's gone. <laughs> yeah, poor Phasma. And that was it. What? And I think that's my thing. Is like, I feel like with, with Lord Dern, with Holdo, I feel like it, there was not enough of the character to warrant introducing that character. Yeah. With DJ, not enough of a character to warrant introducing it. And then to some degree, like Canto Bite... And then even bringing back Phasma again was just like, why? Why bring her back unless she was going to royally screw up Finn? It didn't make sense for you to bring her back only to quote-unquote kill her again. God forbid she comes back for a third movie because <laughs> at this point it's just... You, she, she's basically like a well, recycling yeah, her center. Her armor is fireproof. You didn't know that? I guess her skin is too. Well, why not? Like, here's the thing. If you don't see anybody die in Star Wars, then no apparently one is actually totally dead fine. in Star Wars. So well, Han I, could still come back. I mean, just because his lungs would have is exploded. Is Mace Windu still alive? Yeah, it's Mace Windu. Oh, we saw him catapulted out of a window after his arm got cut off, but it's totally that plausible. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, he could but, if, be fine. If Leia He's can Snoke. force herself back from space, why yeah. can't he force himself onto a floating ship? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, there's potential there. So your guys' thoughts on, on Viva Las Vegas. What did you guys feel about that sequence? I thought it was totally pointless. <laughs> I did. I mean, I Agreed. thought it was like. I loved it visually. I loved like a lot of like the character designs in those scenes, but I know it was basically like development for Rose's character. Get a little bit more background for her and where her and her you mean, sister you mean came the from. Three second soundbite that we got with her saying, yeah. Like, "Yeah, this is what happened to me." Yeah. Honestly, for me, the whole thing with Canto Bite is so we can introduce Broom Kid. That's the only reason that we have yeah. him. Well, that, we that's the only redeeming part of that. Yeah. Is Broom Kid. But really, if they could have figured out another way to introduce him, it would have been better. Yeah. But that's the only reason that scene makes you, sense at the end of the you film. You don't need to. You could have just showed this is any random kid yeah, on any true. random planet that's that, has, that is force sensitive. Like, there was always Good the point. potential for that. Um, I. I you need to have your cantina scene because you have it in like every movie. So I yeah. get that this was like their version of cantina scene. Um, I did. I do feel like DJ was grossly underutilized. Um, I was kind of hoping they were going to do more with that character because ultimately that mission ends up being completely worthless. Yeah. So right. like, there's no beneficial outcome from them going on there other than the fact that then you get to have a face-off between Finn and Phasma, which yet again was very underwhelming. Um, so I think for me, 
Act Two as a whole was the weakest part of the film. I think Act One was really good. There was a lot of good stuff with, like we talked about with um, Kylo and Ray. I loved the interactions between Ray and Luke, mm-hmm. even though Luke was a kooky old, you know, kooky old man. It was still a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, actually. for their interactions. Like we, like Hannah said, with Poe, Poe did a great job in, in furthering his arc and establishing him as a predominant character. Other than Mary Poppins' Leia, I think the rest of like the conversations that she has, the wisdom that she imparts, I think is incredibly important. But I think we lost our way in that middle section. Yeah, yeah. And then pretty much after Canto Bite, once you realize what Holdo's plan is, I think from there... With, and then Ray and Kylo on board the ship. I think that to the end is the strongest part. Yeah, for I, me, at I, least. I would say too because that bit with um, Kylo and Ray on Snoke's flagship is one of my favorite moments. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good scene. Yeah, it's like I don't necessarily like the way Snoke looked. I thought he, <laughs> they CG the crap yeah, out they of him. they. It's like. Once you know it's Andy Serkis, you're like, oh, the curtain is gone. And, and, and you can tell you Andy Serkis' voice. Andy Serkis. Like, oh, yeah. He was Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> Gollum and Caesar and all these other characters. And it's like... Would I, you have preferred... Would you have preferred like a Nemoidian-style puppet? Like more real in the way that it was I'm presented always, as opposed to CGI? I'm always... If you can do practical effects, do practical effects. It might Agreed. cost you yeah. more money, but you are Disney and you have unlimited budget. You can do practical mm-hmm. effects if you can do a practical effect. So if you can do a puppet, I'm all about doing a puppet instead. Instead of animating someone to look like an alien or a damaged no. humanoid figure like Snoke yeah. is. So it's like for me, it was a disjoint when I finally saw him. When he was a hologram, that was fine. That was fine when he was yeah. a hologram, but like in person, I'm like, that is someone sitting in a green suit, yeah, it's, and it's... not this formidable Sith Lord character. I did like that he he was kind of funny too. He was like, I know I am a powerful mofo, so <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever I want, and I thought that was really good. I like, did like that, that. That I like, you know boomeranging the lightsaber like, i thought that was good kind of <laughs> making people it like you know fly around all over the place that was really good stuff but yeah just like his look i'm, I'm sitting there i'm like maybe just if he just would have stayed in his chair the whole entire time not gotten yep. up and done stuff oh yeah like the moment he starts really moving you're like ooh, okay yeah it's like when they did uh tarkin <laughs> In Rogue One, it's like yeah. when Tarkin was in shadow, he looked great. But when, when he got in, when he got up, into the light, you're like, oh, maybe go back in that shadow. <laughs> yeah, dim the lights a bit. No. Not Star Destroyer. Well, and I think I, I, in retrospect, I felt like the throne room in general was underwhelming. Like just to have like a red paint backdrop, I was like, I don't know, I I wanted it to be more reminiscent of like Emperor Palpatine's throne room on the Death Star. Like I wanted it to be visually more enticing, but I I don't know if they just wanted starkness. Like they just wanted it to be very stark between like what the background was, him in his weird gold member robes, and like just <laughs> you know the red guard standing around. I don't know. What, what it'll be? What do you think about Snoke? Yeah. 
who the hell is he? <laughs> like, why do we still I guess not it doesn't know? matter why at this point. It, it, it's like, I, it doesn't matter at this I, point, is but it, I is think it, that is... Who are they? Because now there's two of them? I don't know. Ooh, it, <laughs> is he really dead? <laughs> well, this I think this film had a, like, a let's introduce new characters and immediately kill them off kind of thing. I th- they had that big mm-hmm. problem in this movie with Holdo and Snoke. I mean, yeah, you know Snoke because we've seen him before. But you don't know Snoke. But you don't know. And now we will never know. Now we'll never know. And Snoke knows baseball. Unless there's a book that is made. There probably will be. There probably will be a a book all about Snoke. I will need to read it. All about him. Yeah, I don't. it's it's so tough because it was a character that I think we were all really excited to learn more about. Yeah, like who and he then was. it just be, it became it became like a like a MacGuffin, like a red herring, where you're like, oh, this character is going to be very important. And then you're like, no, he's bisected. It doesn't matter but anymore. But I will say, what happened in that room completely makes me not care about oh, Snoke yeah. because that battle scene One of was the best. freaking epic. It yeah. was so like, good. I want to watch the movie just for that again. I, over I, and wish, over and I over. wish one thing though. What? I wish we hadn't have seen, Ky- like right before the battle. I wish we hadn't have seen Kylo move the lightsaber. It I just wish. Happened. I wish we wouldn't have seen that. I wish we would have had him talk, like you know, Snoke doing his line, and then like he looks at Ray, and you see his finger on the lightsaber, and then you just hear the, you just hear the sound effect, and then you cut over to Snoke, and you'd see, you know, his hand and everything like that because like doing that you're like well obviously we know what's gonna happen he's he's gonna turn the lightsaber on is and then i'm just thinking is snoke gonna figure it out is he gonna figure this out surely he sensed that you know moving around but nothing yeah but can i say (laughs) those red guards i was very impressed with that were they praetorian is that what they're called yeah Yeah. praetorian yeah i like i liked a lot of things about that whole scene yeah, I like the 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 myriad of weapons that they used. Oh, that yeah. it wasn't like they all had the same thing. They had like staffs, and they had like like a whip. They had one that split in two, and was two little like daggers. I, I mean, think it was nice. My favorite part was the realization from Ray to Kylo, and was like, "Oh, we're gonna do we're this. Doing this. We're doing this. We're doing now this. Now let's stand back to back and do this epic scene." Yeah, were those the Knights of no, Ren? I- no, those are just Praetorian guards. Just so those are heroes. so we yeah, so we don't like, know what happened to the like Knights you know of how Ren. at this point I don't I don't know whether they ever made it past that little flashback sequence. Like I would imagine that through time they've all been lost or Kylo himself killed them. Okay. You know what I mean? And maybe that's something that gets established in nine. Maybe we get some more backstory on Snoke in nine. But I I don't know. It's just there's uh um. I, I get that it was a great setup, especially for that sweet fight scene. It establishes the, or it, 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 you know, his explanation like, oh, well, I was the bridge that brought you two together. Like the fact that Snoke was kind of playing the two of them, wanting Ray to come there and then basically just berate Kylo in front of everybody. Um, you know, I, it got to that point where you were like, even if they showed the lightsaber turning or not, there was not going to be a mystery that you knew Kylo was the one that did it. Like, yeah. Yeah. You you could tell that he was very defeated and was kind of like, well, I'm sick of this crap, and you know, such was going to be. The I got way goosebumps of it. during that, yeah. that scene. Yeah, I was completely chills and all. I was just like, oh, where does it go from here? No. And then immediately I came back and was like, oh, 
he's going to betray her still. Yeah. Like, that totally hurt my heart. Yeah. yeah like, like was... you knew, because at that, at that point, they had established Hux as such a buffoon in this movie. Yeah. That you knew he wasn't going to be like the, I'm going to lead the First Order if Kylo Ren leaves. Like, no, because he's not I mean, established I think as, like, a leader. He yeah. still would have. But it wouldn't have been formidable. But, you wouldn't have looked at Hux and been like, well, there's a general we got to be afraid of or an admiral we have to be afraid of. He, the fear of him is the is because he has Kylo and Snoke above him. Mm-hmm. But if he was sure. like, I'm Supreme Leader Hux, everybody would have been like, yeah, sure, sure you are, buddy. Okay. Well, yeah. You go I, sit I, over I, there. We'll handle the war. I, I think that, that was a problem that they did with his direction in this movie. Oh, yeah. Because in the first one, you're like, oh, snap, this dude is like, he drank the Kool-Aid. He is yeah. He is in this for the long haul. And then you get to this one and you're like... And immediately uh, at the offset, that scene with Poe. Yeah, you're like, well, yeah. you've already... Now, yeah. if, that, if that would have been, like, nameless captain, that would have been fine. Yeah, like the that captain been, like, standing nameless. next to Hux. Yeah, if that would have been, like, Captain Kennedy or whatever, the or Commander Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The well, guy, that would have been that would have been fine. Well, they... Sh- they shouldn't have shouldn't have allowed Poe's uh, joke to go on that long. Like he could have had the joke, and then Huck should have just straight up cut him off. They also and, just should have like hailed Hitler, out of yeah, like, him. just shoot at him. If he's why would be you like, let no. any? You know yeah. that's an enemy person. It's like shoot it. Like why would you even allow that? It's like they want to talk to us. So blow it up. <laughs> well, it, felt, <laughs> it felt like it. Honestly, it felt like a Family Guy skit. Yeah. Like it yeah, didn't it totally feel like. Skit. A Star Wars movie, and I, that was a problem with a lot of the jokes. Is it felt like a parody of the actual movie itself? Yeah. Like it was as though somebody else was doing like a Hardware Wars or a Spaceballs version of the Last Jedi. Yeah. So I think that that for me ruined Hux. Whereas in the first in, in Force Awakens, he felt like you said, like he drank the Kool Aid. He felt. I mean, they were very. Um, 1939 Germany yeah. in the way that they portrayed the First Order. So I kind of f- was hoping for more of that, like in the way that you could see Hux as a viable option as a potential leader. Like you, you had established this um, dynamic between Kylo and Hux where they don't like each other and they don't trust each other, and each one is trying to throw the other one under the bus when it came to Snoke. And I would have loved to have seen once Snoke was dispatched that Hux does make a grab for power yeah. instead of just him getting force choked by Kylo and be like, oh, you're Supreme Leader now. Like, I just felt that was so weak, whereas the Hux that we felt in the first movie should have been like, go ahead and kill me. It just proves that you're weak. Like, I would have preferred him to, like, berate Kylo. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was hoping that they were going to turn him into more of a Thrawn character. That's what I was really yeah. hoping that they were going to do with Hux, and then... This movie, they just, like, they shat the bed on it, and I was like, okay. But, I mean, I I felt they did that with the Rey and Kylo storyline. I was all invested in that Rey and uh, Kylo. I was like, okay, here's our redemption. And you see everything, because then when she starts seeing it from Kylo's perspective, like, when she confronts Luke and is like, what happened? You lied to me when you said he just, like, attacked me out of nowhere one, you know, rainy night. And it's like, no, you pull the lightsaber on him even if you had this even if you were like you know what i really shouldn't kill this kid you still pulled your lightsaber out to kill the kid yeah and it's like i thought that was really good and i thought they did such a good job telling the story getting them together and getting them to a place where they're like you know what yeah let's team up let's fight these bad guys and then to just turn it around and be like 
oh yeah, no, I really want to, I really want to conquer the world again. It's like, I've felt that they really missed the point there. It's like, you, you built it up so well. And, and, and that's the thing, like, if you, you could have done that with Hux and not made him, you know, an idiot, if you would have kept him the way he was and made him more power, like, basically crazier and crazier and crazier with the First Order, I think you could have had Rey and Kylo go off and then basically, then you're fighting Hux yeah. and the First Order. That's honestly, that's what I was really wanting to see. And then just to be like, no, we have to have a bad guy with a red lightsaber. Yeah. That's, that's what we have to have because it's Star Wars. We have to have a blue lightsaber fight a fight a red lightsaber because it's Star Wars. But I do feel like this will be a like relationship that they'll further and explore a little bit more in the next film. Yeah, I mean, and that because connection now, is still established because yeah. they do, I, at the end of the movie, they're like looking at each other yeah. like, Yep, I see ya. See, and I love that the chemistry that they have, maybe not, like, romantically or anything like that, but I still really appreciate the chemistry that they have as two characters. Yeah. I think they, yeah. like, play off of each other, like, really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate that part of of those, act- like, what Adam and what, um, oh, my gosh. Daisy? Daisy! I've seen, like, five movies with her in it recently, and I can't remember her name. But, like, what Adam and Daisy do, like, in this film, I really, like, applaud them because the chemistry that they have playing off of each other oh, yeah, is, they like, were, really like, great. Like I said, they were the best parts yeah. of the entire movie for me. Yeah. And it's, I think it's important to establish that. Like you said, um, this is what we'll look forward to in Episode Nine, right, is a continuation of their characters. Even though at the end of the film when she has her finger on like the gangplank button for the millennium falcon she severs the connection with him like she basically is like well guess what now you're not connected to me anymore and she closes that gangplank and i think that's what's going to further his story as well because he had somebody he connected to which he hadn't had probably his whole life you know because obviously there was no real connection to his parents or to his uncle or to the knights of ren or snoke or definitely not hux so now was this was somebody he felt he had a kindred spirit with, and now she's closed him off as well. I think that that is what cuts him into the dark side even more. So I don't know if we get that Darth Vader redeem you at the la- you know at the finish line. I think we do get this character is just completely irredeemable. Even Leia says that we've lost him. You know, like even she views it as like, no, he's gone. He's the lost cause. And I mean, we established that his obsession with trying to kill his uncle when he wants all guns to bear on him in that in in the, that um, salt sequence in, in on crate. So I think there is the that is going to be the main storyline for nine. But um, I don't know. I, I don't. I think it is more than just we needed somebody with a red lightsaber. I think they said, well, who is the most uh, interesting villain that we're going to have because you don't want a villain that people aren't going to root for to get like the ideal villain. You want a villain that has some redeemable qualities. Yeah. If it's just easy to hate them, it's easy to just be like, Oh, well then I'm not invested in that villain. But if it's a villain that you're like, no, I want this person to stick around or to do something. Then you're more, you're more inclined to pay attention. Yeah. And, and but that's my problem is I really like Kylo and I know they're just going to kill him at the end. And I just, for me, that's just a waste. Like, if they end up just killing him because he is the bad guy. I also like, again, like, kind of going off what you, uh, going off what you said, 
everybody's already like, no, just screw it. He's dead. Like, he's he's a bad guy. Let's just go ahead and kill him. And going off of, you know, when he fires at Luke, again, the last time that he saw Luke, Luke, he has this image of him holding a lightsaber about to kill him. So that's yeah. what he sees. Yeah. And so, I mean, if, like, I don't know about you guys, but if I see a dude standing over me with a knife, the next time I see him, I'm not going to be like, let's hear him out. You know, and that's not going to happen. No. So right. I, I understand, like, why he would want to do that. Um, I guess we can, I, I guess we can kind of go into, like, the last bit of the movie now. Yeah. The, you know, the salt. The planet, the I, battle okay. on crate. Yeah. I I visually love crate, like visually I love it. Like the the bit with the soldier and he sees the red footmarks and he looks at it for a second and he has to touch it and he goes, oh, that's salt. I loved that. Yeah, yeah. A planet made of salt. I dig it. Mm. No, I like it. I mean, yeah, like, it, visually it, it, I like it. It's a cool planet, and I like what they did with the white and the red. Yeah. It looks really, really cool. I like that. Visually, I'd love it. And now, I think Liam has a problem with what happens in one of these scenes. Liam, would you... What was... Uh, we had talked earlier. You have a problem with the scene here? So, so my... <clears throat> my issue is not with the sand skimmers themselves. I mean, like, yeah, you've got dilapidated ships that you're suddenly going to find enough of them that, hey, we're going to face, uh, uh, you know, a First Order, uh, you know, landing battalion. Uh, but every a- as the ships are getting picked off one by one, your last three ships, only one of which is piloted by an actual pilot, the other two that are piloted by, I don't know, a janitor and a plumber. So you tell me how those two are suddenly going to get the skills and the plumber's going to tell the janitor, oh, hey, make sure you hit this toggle switch because I've ever flown anything my entire life. And the janitor's going to be like, oh, thanks. I got this. Let me make a suicide run at this one giant laser, which is going to evaporate this door, but definitely won't evaporate me as I fly right towards it. Definitely some issues in that sequence all into itself. Um it, I understood the necessity for it to, to because you've already established Finn as the guy that will run always like, oh, I'm going to run in Force Awakens because I want to board this ship and they're going to take me someplace else. But, oh, no, raised in danger. I'm going to come back this time. Oh, I'm going to board this escape pod, but only because I know you guys are doomed and I'm going to go find Ray like that has always been his mission. And now this was the time that you were going to establish him as carrying for the you know the rebellion for the the resistance beyond just himself he has finally drank the Kool-Aid he has finally bought in on everything so i understood the reason for it but i just didn't feel like that portion of it was super believable especially for a guy who constantly was like we need a pilot suddenly you're the dude you were in a coma for how <laughs> yeah. long and now all of a sudden you know how to fly they give you lessons while you were asleep there dude well, it's it's like I was saying earlier. Like I don't think they know what to do with Finn. Yeah, it's like they, there is a he, Finn he had problem. His, his character was basically to get Ray off of Jakku. That was the whole point of Finn. Yeah, and now they're like, crap. What do we do with Finn? It's the like janitor? he's. We, what do we do with the janitor from Star Killer <laughs> Base that again knows 
all of the ins and outs of Plans. a dreadnought ship that he's never been on. A uh, weird looking top secret top ray gun thing yeah. that nobody in the resistance knows about, but yet janitor knows about it. I'm like, how? What? I don't. I don't understand. They're just like, oh yeah, he worked with the rebellion, so they are so the. First Order, so he knows everything about the First Order. I'm like, I'm not 100% sure that's how the chain of command goes, but, eh, whatever. I guess, I mean, it's public access documents in the First Order. They're like, <laughs> huh, I wonder what's going on today. It's like, oh, really? Well, we're, we're creating that? I wonder what the blueprints are on this. I, I well, mean, I'm sure he pr- he probably has a buddy that works at like the patent office or something. So he was just like, they're trying to do a patent for what? Was that that's was crazy. that the, was that the guy from uh, Force Awakens with the cool uh, police baton thing? Was that like his buddy? Yeah, oh, the one that goes yeah. traitor. Because <laughs> um, yeah. he was all pissed off. He's like, you know all the plans because I'm the one that gave them to you, traitor. Yeah, it makes sense. So, I but mean, that, like, but but uh, sorry, but yeah, I mean that that's the problem. It's like this would have been a cool thing. I, I, to write Finn out, he would have gone off like a hero. I mean, even if it wouldn't have destroyed the thing, maybe just like pause the shot enough time for someone them to, do to something. them to do something. Yeah, maybe Luke to actually show up instead and- of. We'll talk about here in a sec. So many inconsistencies that I mean, it's ridiculous. But just something, and yeah. then but here, okay, here's another thing. How is that little say like? So, these these salt skimmer things, they go the same speed, yeah? Right? I would assume, I would assume, they I would assume go the that they're speed. programmed okay. to be the same speed, yes. Finn's going this way. He never turned back. Rose did a Yui and is going back towards the base, but is somehow able to, whilst, again, going the same speed, We're trying to establish their relationship, turn Josh. around, somehow go completely opposite direction to hit him from the side. We're trying to establish their love connection, Josh. Well, I'm sure that's... The the love connection's not there. But... Um, well, no, because you can't, you can't have an incredibly awkward kiss unless you have her do that. I mean, yeah. let's be honest here. I She could have... She, she could have awkwardly Poe's kissed... Poe's boyfriend. She could have kissed Poe for all I care. She could have kissed a freaking crystal critter. I don't care. It's just... It doesn't make any sense. Like, that was another thing. Like after I watched it, I was like, "How did she do that?" I mean, they're going the same speed. You're unless hers trying was like to apply super physics fast. to probably Star Wars again. I know, which <laughs> it I shouldn't. It's just one of those things that I'm like, I don't get it. This doesn't make any sense. But honestly, if well, he would have been like, uh, like, "Honey, I'm home," you know. As he drives into like the thing in Independence oh, Day, do a that would have been that yeah. would have been fantastic. But nah, they're just like, no, nah, we're gonna take a cool scene and screw it because we want you guys to still think that he and Ray are gonna get together, which that's not happening. Just sorry, call well, and, it. That's and, not happening. Well, no, and, and well, and that that's the thing. I think I would have preferred instead of an awkward kiss. I would have preferred like if she had just like put her hand to his face or something, or, you know, yeah, like, like something that, that was still in dear. Yeah, something that was still endearing, you know, without it having to be like, oh, now we're trying to force a relationship. Which, I mean, I'm like, if that's the direction they want to go for this next film, and they're going to build it out that it makes sense, cool. Like that, that then that it is what it is. But I just didn't feel like it. It did not seem a natural progression to what had been occurring between those two characters yeah. up until that point. 
So uh, that it felt very prequel romance to me, yeah. as opposed to like the way the o, the OT uh, romance had had sort of blossomed. So, but I mean, even beyond that point. You know, the resistance is getting decimated to a a much more superior First Order army, which essentially has been the running theme throughout this film. Yeah. Um, Now we we talk about Luke showing up, right? Yeah. So we see Luke. Was anybody of our group, was anybody caught off guard that this was a, uh, you know, a projection? Yeah, I mean. I, when it, when he's like, oh, he's actually not there. Uh, Okay. I, I yeah, th- they, then you actually see it, and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, okay, because, like, it how else so, are you going to get off the island? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you got to figure, the, the, the sh- that we saw the silhouette of the X-Wing in the water, but we also saw various parts from the X-Wing utilized in the huts. Like, Luke's door is a side panel from an X-Wing, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean? And then when you also think about it, Luke looks younger so he looks the way that he would have looked when Kylo saw him yeah, got the last time. And- yeah, he, the gray's groomed. gone from the beard. Yep, he steps on the salt flats, and they make a point of showing that his boots make no impression. Yeah. So there's no footprints in the in the salt, and he whips out a lightsaber that we literally just saw Kylo and Ray snap into. Well, to be so fair, there is a little bit of leather on that lightsaber. <laughs> to be fair, it's got like a little bitty like brown leather strap on it so it's like oh, but okay. you had to figure he... the lightsaber but the lightsaber that he had when he stood over kylo was the green one from return of the jedi yeah yeah so he wouldn't have no matter what he wouldn't have had that blue lightsaber and there would have been yeah. no reason for him to construct another blue lightsaber but it was the projection that he needed to use to throw kylo off enough that he could create time for them to leave so i wasn't i I mean there was i felt like there was definitely fishy business going on there especially when we saw that it was a younger version but i loved the tender moment between him and leia him kissing her on the forehead giving her the dice from the millennium falcon like everything like that i thought that was that was beautifully crafted um the sequence with him uh getting the hit with the barrage of of blaster bolts and then the little See, flick I off didn't the shoulder, like that. Like, I hated that. that. I didn't like that. No, that was I, too Han Solo. I love, no, it was too Mark Hamill. Yeah, for me, yeah, like Mark to Hamill. me, I felt that was very, very Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Yeah, but but I loved the sequence up to that point. I loved the sequence of him getting getting hit with the barrage and then stepping out and being like, "Now you what? Didn't touch what else me. do you got?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I like that. And then when Kylo goes to fight him, Luke never parries a a shot with the or a, a strike with the blade. He ducks everything out. Which he would have to because the bl- his Kylo's blade would have gone right through the. So 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 here, um, here's, here's my question with that. Um, so again, Josh's fun corner of how the Force works. Um, so he's worried about making sure that the lightsaber doesn't hit him because the lightsaber can go through him. Correct. Yes. But yet right. he's able to take. He's able to kiss Leia, and I guess she feels it. He's also able to take those little dice. From the Millennium Falcon, and astral and project them to put them in Drake. her hand, and she holds them like they're actually there. So, how exactly does that work? That's that's my well, problem. I, so it's like, is he able to pick and choose what he wants to be solid? Because if that's it, then he could have done a sword fight with Kylo. 
That's that's the it thing. M- well, it might have been the size of the object too, because a lightsaber is a weapon that you'll have to focus on keeping solid at point of impact, whereas a single like little pair of dice is something small that you can set in a palm. I yeah, I guess. Well, but you got to figure too the force projection that he is utilizing. He utilizes for very specific reasons because it's easier for him to project something that Kylo is going to recognize because part of that projection is going to be fueled by the way that Kylo views it. And then same thing for Leia. She hasn't seen Luke for how many years? So the last time she would have seen him would have been as the way he was viewed in that projection. So for her, she could still feel that connection through the Force as well. So everybody else that's seeing him is being fed off of Leia and Kylo's vision of what Luke's projection is. So I think it is that connectivity between the Force, the same way that you had the connectivity between Rey and Kylo to the point that they felt like they were standing in the same room being able to touch hands. Well, but see, it's weird, because then you have the whole bit with Kylo with the water. Yeah, because he would have... When he, like, wipes his face and his hand is drenched... Because so she's it's like, like yeah. So how does the water work? Was that water like force water and not like actually there? Maybe or... this is something no, I... that we're going to explore in the next film. Because that, that's another thing. Like I didn't understand what happened with the force in this. Like I thought I knew what the force was because like, to me, the, in the way I read everything, the force was shaping your will in order to basically bend everything around you. I didn't think that you were able to. Do these type of astral things. project yourself across the galaxy? Because I'm like, well, then how come none of the other people on the Jedi Council did any sort of astral projection? They would rather use the holograms. Maybe because then Luke they, dies from doing it. Maybe that's why they. Well, didn't again, do does that. Luke die from doing it, or does Luke die from like, you know what? Ray's gonna be that last Jedi. Poof. I'm pretty sure Whoa. it's from the expenditure of doing. I mean, it's, that it's, it's honestly, it's probably a both. Yeah. type thing. Well, and 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 him recognizing through the conversation he has with Puppet Yoda is, is that there is a point where the 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 teacher, the master can no longer impart any more wisdom. Like the student is going to basically surpass the master because there's only so much that you can still teach them. And the 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 point that Yoda gives him is that they're going to learn just as much from your success as they will from your failures. So don't hide your failures from them. Don't don't try to mask them. Like they need to know what you failed on so they know what not to replicate and then also what to replicate. So I think that that conversation feeds into Luke knowing he needs to let go. The way that Yoda when Luke came back from Bespin or back from Bespin and Yoda goes, "Know all that you know all that you need." Um, no more do you have to learn because he recognized that there's nothing more that he can impart upon Luke. The same way that Obi-Wan said, look, I've taken your training as far as I can go, so I'm going to let Vader kill me because there's nothing more that I can do that's going to help you. And if anything, my death will help fuel you along. And I think Luke recognized that same thing. My death is going to fuel Leia and it's going to fuel Rey. And to some degree, it's going to fuel Kylo because it's like, look, I died on my own terms with that little last parting remark where he goes, see you around, kid. Like just something like that where it's like, yeah, I almost enjoyed that line because it did feel like it could have come from Han. 
So it's almost a double-edged sword to Kylo where it's like your uncle and your dad could have said that exact same thing to you. And it's like, yes, what? You don't think that Luke's going to come back as a force ghost and terrorize the shit out of you? Absolutely. Josh, edit that out. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely the possibility that, he, that he's going to do that. I don't know if we curse on your show, so. Uh, um, uh, I'm lazy. I'm not going to do it. Um <laughs> Fair enough. No, but you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't, we definitely have not seen the last of Luke Skywalker, but I think yeah. that this could be a very fun opportunity where Luke could appear to Kylo and kind of be like, what are you going to do now? I'm more powerful than you could even imagine because now I can bug you anytime I want and you can't do anything about that, it. That would be, I mean, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, like, the fact that he, yeah, I mean, again, my, my problems were just like, I didn't, I don't understand how the Force works anymore. Oh. Like, and, like yeah. growing up, I was like, "This is the force. This is how the force works." Um, but like, I, I there's uh, Chris Stuckman who uh, is a reviewer. He like equated it to um, like Dragon Ball Z, like with Super Saiyans and everything like that. But I was like, eh, I, I don't agree with that analogy. So I mean, definitely watch his video on it. I mean, it's really good. But again, I don't, I don't agree with that analogy because I mean, there is the constant of Saiyan is a constant. Yeah. So like the force is a constant. You can get more powerful, more powerful, more powerful, but the force is still the force. I mean, but like everybody manipulating the force in brand new ways. It's like, yeah, but wouldn't these masters have already done this? And we don't see oh, that ever happening. And I'm, and I'm just thinking of like the stuff that is currently part of the canon like we don't see anything like that happen in clone wars don't see anything like that happen in rebels don't see anything like that happen in any of the current books any of like anything and i mean that that's just where i get where i'm like just stick with one thing i mean that's that's my problem it's like just stick with one thing you did you do really good job when you just stick with this and then you just go off and, you know, just make new rules for everything. So I'm like, can, can Kylo make Force Ghosts? I mean, if making Force Ghosts, like, you know, little astral projections is the thing to do. It's like, can you just do that? And is that what we're going to have in 9? Are we going to have Kylo, but there's going to be like 50 Kylos? And it's going to be like the Matrix? And is that is, <laughs> is that what we're going to have? Is that what's going to happen? I think you're thinking about it too much. I, I am. I am. I well, okay, so... Th- there was a book that I read. It was called I, Jedi, right? And it features one of my favorite characters, Corrin Horn. And he finds certain things out about his past and, like, certain Jedi and whatnot that, that had existed before his time that each Jedi had an affinity for certain for, uh, certain tactics or certain abilities. And, like, in his lineage, nobody... Um, Nobody was strong with, like, telekinesis. Like, nobody was able to, like, move objects and pull them or force push or force pull. But what they were did have an affinity was force absorption. So, like, what Vader does on Bespin when Han shoots at him and he absorbs the blaster bolts. And then he uses that energy, the kinetic energy generated from that, to pull the gun out of Han's hand. That's what Corrin's lineage could do. And one of his ancestors was killed by a lightsaber. But before he died, was able to suck in the energy from the blade... And then convert that kinetic energy into the ability to use telekinesis. And he literally, like, force crushed the dude that stabbed him. One of my favorite sequences in a book, but it established, at least in what we can call now call legacy, because it's not technically canon, but established this idea that Jedis had varying degrees of abilities. And I think that this would just showcase that, that Luke figured out this ability that 
took him 30 years to do, which was why nobody else had mastered it, because nobody else had spent that amount of time trying to learn, you know, in proximity to the first Jedi Temple, in proximity well, to all well, these well, old but, texts but that probably a, nobody had read. But Luke had cut himself off from the Force. That's my, that's my problem with it. It's like, when did he have time to learn this? Because he had cut himself off from the Force for a long time. Because, like, that's established. But we like, don't know Rey's, when. I know, but, I mean, Ray does say for a long time, and it looks like, yeah... So, I mean, like, how so, long had he cut himself off? It's like, was it like a year that he had cut himself so, off from the force? Was so think, it- think, about it, think about it this way. If you hold your breath for 10 seconds and take another breath, you don't really notice it. Try holding your breath for like two minutes. And then when you finally take that breath of air again, that is the most refreshing breath that you're going to have. Because you get to that point where you're like, I'm not even breathe- I don't even think I'm going to breathe again. So I feel like the force would be that way. If you cut yourself off, when you do finally open up again, I feel like it would be a flood that would just encapsulate your entire body. So I feel like he would feel an even stronger connection because he had been away for so long. It's like that idea of like, oh, well, it's like riding a bike. You never really forget. And I think it's like when you do finally are able to get on that bike again, you're going to ride as fast and as far as possible because you've missed it for so long. So that's the way that I viewed it as like, because he had been away from it. Now he was going to control as much as possible, knowing this may be the last time he does. So, I mean, go out with a bang, right? If this is going to be the, if this is going to be the be all end all the send off for you. Why not go out on a high note and actually project yourself across the universe And then, like, I thought it was incredibly sweet is when we see, before we see him fade away, like the robes um, collapse and blow off into the wind, you see the twin suns and him staring off into the distance, which was a great parallel to uh, In A New Hope when he looks out at the twin suns before going off with Obi-Wan. I thought that paralleled beautifully, and I think that that was the strong, my favorite part of the film, I think. That was, like, the strongest part. And exa- especially for Luke, I think that was a great send-off. I think it will be a little bit weird having him come back in 9 being a Force ghost. I would assume that they'll do that. Uh, and still have him be like, I'm kooky and crazy, even though I just did this big monumentous uh, act to save my sister and my you know, Padawan and basically the Resistance at large. Yeah, and hopefully they won't make him kooky and crazy. Maybe this one, since we have a different director, maybe they'll be like, okay, maybe you be just... Serious, Luke. How? Because I mean, Yoda's not like super crazy anymore, no. except when again. I guess no. I'd again. I'd, I'd again. I don't know how force works. Because I guess when you're a force <laughs> ghost, you can still have force lightning and stuff. I guess that's still a thing. You can you can do it. It's I, Yoda. Rules don't apply to Yoda. Dude, if Yoda can Spider-Man his way around a, a lightsaber battle and attack of the clones, trust me, he could summon a little bit of lightning to burn down a tree. Can Again, I just do a tiny little parts. shout out that Frank Oz is still doing the voice of Yoda? Yep. I love that. But I also you can't love hire anybody Frank else. Oz. No. <laughs> no one else you can do that you can't voice. Hire anyone. Nope. Even if I try, I could never even come close to what he does. But there um so so with the finale of this, we get to see Ray you know, move the stones after the, 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 what is it, the Vulpex cop foxes, like, leave them through those back tunnels and out. And then, you know, everybody board, you know, the last 20 people that are left alive board the Millennium Falcon, because let's like, be that, honest, that, you can't that, fit that, that many people. Is like, 
Ooh, my goodness. They We're need tiny to, now. They need to send out like a, yeah. you know, like a recruiting a, call. A, a Google meetup. A newsletter. I mean, <laughs> you know. Indeed.com they mean, applications. They, they, yeah, they might need to start an email list at this point to start to start trying to get some recruits. Hey, they tried. It didn't work. Yeah, no, nobody answered the call. <laughs> so when you think about that, we see Ray. I mean, obviously, we know that she's powerful in the force before that. Oh, we didn't even talk about the big reveal that her parents are nobodies, and they basically sold her for booze. That was fantastic. I, I loved it. Appreciated yes. that. I love they were like, oh, yeah, you know who your parents are. They like they sold you for a juice box. I mean, no one cares about your mm-hmm. your freaking like they didn't love you. I'm like, ah. no, big like, grandiose reveal. Everyone was like, she's a Skywalker. She's a yeah. Kenobi. Mm-hmm. She's Somehow a reincarnation of Palpatine. It's like she ain't nothing. She is mm-hmm. nothing. And that my fear like- is that they will ruin that in the next film and try to be like, "Oh, Kylo just lied to you. You actually are yeah, somebody I important." Well, uh, I, well, I like her. I was gonna say I like her being nobody because it falls back to like when we didn't know that Luke was Vader's son. And we just thought he was a nobody from a backwater planet that just had this connection to the Force and could potentially save the galaxy. And I think that that was that nice connectivity back to her. So if you did tie her into the Skywalker Solo family, it devalues her um, as a budding hero. Like you want her to just be this person that comes from nowhere that just has that that has hope and that we can put our invest our hope in her. Like Broom Kid. Well, yeah, like Broom Kid. I mean, there there is a there is a thing though that the continuity is kind of weird on that subject because aftermath is a an official canon book, and it does say that Luke drops her off on Jakku, so that is technically canon that Luke does drop her off on Jakku, but if her parents were, you know, just like selling her for booze and just like scavengers. Did they sell her to Luke, and then Luke dropped her hmm. off on Jakku, or what happened there? So hmm. it's no, like no, no, no. I'd have to yeah, read aftermath and see. It's weird. It's yeah. It, it's a it's a part that doesn't make a lot of sense. So yeah, it's like which is true. Was Kylo lying? So no. I just everyone have fun. Well, with like- Kylo may be lying. Yeah, well, and like you said before, like, where are the Knights of Ren? Like, how does that still play into all of this, you know? Because we literally saw them for two seconds in a flashback, and we haven't seen them hide nor hair of them since then. So, And I was really looking forward to having what we had heard were rumors that Kylo and the Knights of Ren were going to attack Luke and Rey on Octo. So I was kind of hoping there was going to be this cool showdown. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved the th- showdown in Snoke's th- throne room, but I would have I would have really enjoyed seeing that showdown happen as well. So Yeah. And then I guess we can go ahead and close it on the most important new character introduced, very possibly <laughs> Ryan Johnson's new, next trilogy character, Broomkid. His magnum opus, Broomkid. Because, <laughs> like, what's the point of showing that if you're not gonna do anything if you're with not that. gonna do anything with it, because I mean, you could literally just show him walk out, look at the suns, and flash his you know decoder ring. But the fact that you show him use the force to grab a broom, then go out, hold it like a lightsaber. It's it's too. It's it's. There's the kid's got to be something. I mean, if they don't do anything with that, 
it's it's the biggest f u in Star Wars history. They're like, oh yeah, remember this kid with the uh, the broom kid? Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he's none. He's like, well, right, I think, he's nothing. I think, I, well, I think, I think honestly, they'll probably do a time gap between this film and Episode Three. Yeah. So there'll probably be a certain length of time, and I don't think that kid himself is supposed to be like this all important character, but I think he symbolizes that there is still hope out there, that there is still the potential for other people to join the resistance, other people to, 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 to go against what is the status quo at this point and to essentially rebel against whatever it is that oppresses them. And I think you see those kids, those slavers, the, 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 sta- the um, stable hands, however you want to look at them. I think that they, they're supposed to, um, they like personify an idea more than an individual character. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see anything with that particular kid. Well, but I, well, I, I, I do think that the time gap will build more members into the resistance. Well, I got that. And I mean, that's totally fine. Like him joining the resistance. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. But why would you show him use the force to get a broom? Like, like I said, like if he just literally walked out after they had told the story of Luke Skywalker, if that kid literally just would have walked out, flashed his ring, and looked at the sun and been like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go join the rebellion," that's one thing. But to literally well, add think... that extra like five seconds in there where he does this, it's like, why would you do that if? if it's I think not it is to show. Anything? Well, I think in the next film, it's going to show that obviously Luke was not never really the last Jedi. I don't think the Jedi can ever end. It's not something that will ever end. You know, the force is something that binds these people and the Jedi know how to use it. You don't ever lose that in life. So I think it's showing that just because they're they're no longer being trained, they are still being born, you know? Yeah. So I I think that's what the symbolism with that kid now, I think it would be fun if Ryan Johnson does tie that in some way with his next trilogy, and maybe that's Broom Kid in the next trilogy. I don't necessarily see him being in the next film, but I do see him as a symbolism of hope, and that, that, be, that more, Je- cool. more Jedi will come true, will come forward in the next film. Yeah. Or at least I hope they will. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see if Ray does train some more Jedi in the time gap that we get between two or you know eight and nine, and then by the time we get to nine, like Ray has like a little contingent of Force users that she could be like, all right, well now we can be for, more formidable against the First Order because guess what, we got all this Jedi, so it's almost like a reestablishment of the the Jedi Order like we had in the prequels, and then we can kind of feel like feel like these films have come full circle. That we have gone back to the point where there is balance in the Force again. Hey, ASPers, to say thanks for making 2017 such an amazing year, we're giving away an epic prize pack. To enter, all you have to do is follow us on Instagram and tag two friends on any of our Thanks Giveaway posts. The contest ends December 31st at 11.59 p.m., and the winner will be announced on our January 1st episode. Good luck, and thanks for listening! Alright guys, so it's time for the toughest task imaginable. We're going to rank Star Wars The Last Jedi. And unfortunately, Hannah had to leave. So <laughs> Bye yeah, Hannah. She had to she had to leave. Bye. She had she, she She didn't even say nope, bye to she us. had to leave about a week ago. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. So I'll just go ahead and say 
what Hannah thought. Hannah enjoyed parts of the movie. She gave it a three out of five. So that's going to be Hannah's I, ranking. I don't think that's accurate. I think she actually gave it a five out of five. Mm-hmm. To, I think she actually gave it a six out of five, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, if she could be here from... I should call her and put her on speaker. Um, if she could be here, she would probably vomit with that ranking, that six out of five. Not her. Yeah, vomit ra- vomit rainbows about how excited she was to watch that Ooh. film all day, every day. Do people actually vomit in, in, rainbows? In, in, in your creepy balcony-laden theater. Uh, yes. <laughs> Vomit rainbows over the yeah. people oh, yeah, that's under what you them. Pretty much. And we were, and it was great because we were on the front row, so we literally could like look over and be like, <laughs> "Yes, popcorn." Has like, popcorn. Throw, po- she vom- throw popcorn she vom- to the common folk down there. She vomits up the the shrimp cocktail and steak and lobster that you guys were served <laughs> while you were sitting there. So good. <laughs> All right, so Brittany. Oh, so, well, oh, sorry, Liam. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so to recap, so Hannah said a 3.5? Uh, she just said no, three, 3 out of 5. five. Yeah. <clears throat> flat, flat we, three. We don't, flat we don't do three. points. Right. I mean, that's just Gavin and his weird... Just Gavin. Weird... And us. <laughs> that's true. We do, do, we do that also. We do 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 that. We do do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for me, I am going to give it four out of five clouds. So not quite a five because... There are things I questioned in this film, things that I would have done a little bit differently if for some reason I had the mind to make a film, but I don't. So um, I'm still going to give it a four because I loved the movie. I think it's a great Star Wars film. There was just some things that could have been done differently. So it's not quite a five for me. Still a good film, though. Go watch it. See it again, as Guerdco would say. <laughs> True. All right. Is it my yeah, turn? I'll, I'll save right. I'll so save I'm, mine as a surprise for the, yes. for the end. <laughs> Ooh, it's one of surprise. Um, for me, I also gave it a four. Um, and I'll be honest, I had a lot of, uh, we'll call them podcast therapy sessions to kind of work through uh, a lot of this. And no joke, I had a 54-minute phone call with Manoa. Uh, and it was more for him to work through it than it was for me. <laughs> and... When all was said and done, he was like, oh, we should have just recorded that and you could have put it up as an episode. And I was like, well, if you ever want to. But uh, yeah, I, I had to put it also as a four because when you think of original trilogy as like the the solid fives and then like the prequels would be like a three and like the Clone Wars movie would be like a zero, <laughs> then the <laughs> zero the hut, oh. then you got to figure that these ones have to sit somewhere in that middle ground. So I, I would definitely have to go with a four where it's not quite original trilogy, but um, to me stronger than, than some of the prequels. Nice. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid three. Um, Again, there there were parts (laughs) of it that I did enjoy. There was a lot of it that I did not enjoy. Um, I'm sure upon a second viewing, it'll be better. But, I mean, I'm not going to go see it probably until it comes out because that's how much of an impact it left on me. (laughs) <laughs> so no yeah it's you. just it's just the three i mean again there's there's problems with it that i don't know it it felt like one of those things where uh rain johnson's like you know what i'm gonna do what i want i don't really care what happens <laughs> in nine that's not my thing so it's like we'll, yeah, we'll kill snoke yeah, just because I, I it's like we set him up in the first one was like oh he's gonna be the big bag i'll just kill him I feel like maybe it was Ryan hit um he hit brick mansions. No, he brick walls and couldn't looper his way out of it, so he's just, you know, I'm going to 
I'm just going to kill off anybody that I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with them. So he's <laughs> like, eh, you're dead. And you're dead. Because, and then JJ's sitting there like, All no, the resistance. Oh, but I had so many ideas. Yeah, do you, do you think there JJ, were, like, JJ. Do you think JJ turned in the script? Like, because didn't he, like, send in his draft, like, the day before the movie came out or something? So I, 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 I would I love know. for him to, have, like, put that on the desk and be like, all right, so here's what's going to happen to Snoke. And be like, oh, no, Snoke's dead. But, like, <laughs> but, but. But I, I right. Well, I really, but I really like that Holdo character that you introduced. So this is my idea for her. Oh no, 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 no. she's, she's dead, dead too. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Well, with Luke, no, no. If you're gonna bring him back, he's got to be a Force Ghost now. <laughs> what the hell, Ryan? Who did you leave alive? And Carrie Fisher. Oh come <laughs> <Exactly>. on. <laughs> it's like we killed everybody of consequence, but don't worry, we left you Carrie Fisher. Have fun with that. Yeah. And now, to be more realistic, JJ worked on this film with him along the way. So he knew where it was going, and I'm sure he's been brainstorming because he's got a lot to work through for the next one. I can just see him, like, throwing out script after script where he's just, he's got to know, but he's just tearing pages out. And he's like, gosh, got to start over. That one's done, and (laughs) this one's done. Maybe he'll he'll pull a lost and do a bunch of flashbacks. I figured he's going to retcon stuff, or my, my this was something that dawned on me, I think during my conversation with Manoa, is that I would love it if just the movie starts, episode 9 starts out with Finn waking up, and all of episode <laughs> 8 was a bad dream. <laughs> so, like, none of it happened. Oh, well, no. then we could get the awesome, um, I, I, what's what's the Ray and Kylo ship? Is it just Raylo? I don't know what the... Raylo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Raylo. Oh, that's perfect. We just, mm-hmm. I just, just want more of that. Perfectly. That's all I want. That, or you, you could finally ship uh, Pin or Foe, depending on how you want to. Oh yeah. You you want to ship that one as well? I so. know. I wish Poe and Finn had more on screen time together. Yeah. I would have taken their interaction over him and Rose. Oh, for which sure. Which is a bummer because I wanted, I really wanted to like Rose, but I just meh. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I'm glad her. I'm glad her sister's dead. Oh, dropping, dropping freaking mines in space. Those don't. Fo- Sorry, <laughs> they can't. Fo- I'm t- no, no, doesn't make any sense. No. Okay. All right. So, are you guys planning on seeing uh, Last Jedi again anytime soon? No, I think for mo- like with all the Star Wars movies, you watch them once and then you never watch them again. So. <laughs> you buy them, but you don't yeah, open. You buy up them the just to show how cool you are while they sit on your shelf. Yeah, I mean, we... We want to. With Last Jedi, <laughs> we only went and saw it twice. Rogue One, we saw twice. This one, I feel like I'm going to need at least three times. Yeah. To really... Three is usually our, our cap, I think, on a film, when if we really like it. Unless something overpower, Unless something hits me harder than um, Saving Private Ryan. That's the only movie I've seen five times in the theaters. Right. Like, in an initial run. Like, obviously, every time they re-release any Star Wars movie, I go back and watch it again, but... True. When in its initial run, uh, Saving Private Ryan was the only one I saw five times. So for sure, Last Jedi will watch again, um, yeah. probably within the next couple weeks, mm-hmm. I would say. And well, then we'll probably wait when it dies down a little bit and then see it again before it's out of theaters. What about for you, Josh? Uh, yeah, like I said, like I can wait until it comes out on video because, yeah, I yes. don't need to see it anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like with this one, the more I've I've let it sit, I'm... 
I'm wanting to see it again. Like, I don't know, just the all of the great stuff about the film is really sitting is like hitting me harder than before than the bad stuff. So now I'm just really pumped for the movie. Like all of the negative is like, eh, it happened. I'm over it. I got to hear people like vent on multiple podcasts and um, read some, yeah, read so many reviews on it and just hearing more and more negative things about it. I'm like, wow, I, I just I'm starting to like it more and more. <laughs> I don't know why. That's just it's going the opposite direction. I just want to like it more just to spite people that have been like that could sending be. death threats to Ryan yeah. Johnson. Yes. They're just like, well, you know oh, what? Gosh. Yeah, that, that, that part's That's been out a of control. ridiculous, for sure. Petitions, like, to get him out of Star Wars and bring yeah. Lucas back. That's so I love those. I love those because, but no, because they're totally fine with the Ewok movies existing. They're like... Take Last yeah. Jedi, get it out of the canon. Those Ewok films, though, that's some Oscar-worthy material right there. Yeah. <laughs> fine acting. Can we get more young girls with curly blonde hair to be the lead on a film with teddy bears? Awesome. Oh, my goodness. Care Bears without the powers. Well, hopefully, hopefully The Last Jedi can bounce back from their um, abysmal uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. So, Of, what, 94 Oh, 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 <laughs> sorry. No, ninety-two. The... See that? Here, here's the thing. Rotten Tomatoes rant right now. So, like, if you don't think there's any sort of like disparity with like Rotten Tomatoes scores in Hollywood, you're out of your freaking mind. Because uh, yep. Star Wars: The Last Jedi on Rotten Tomatoes has ninety-two percent certified fresh. However, it has a fifty-four percent audience score. Uh, yeah. And then when we go to, well, I just pulled one out. We'll just say Justice League. Uh, Justice League, 41% uh, reviewer score. However, it has a 78% audience score. So it's one of those where yep. it's like, I don't, I don't understand like the, the Hollywood or like the, you know, mainstream media type reviewers because there's, there's definitely agendas there and I hate it because honestly, what I did was with the Justice League ones, I read the reviews that they, the problems that they had with Justice League, they're the exact same problems that they have with the Marvel ones. I went into each person's individual thing because this is what I do at work because I'm super bored. (laughs) (laughs) Exact same problems with Justice League that they have in the Marvel films, rate the Marvel films way higher. Like Thor Ragnarok, exact same problem that they had in Justice League, rated it like 99%. And I'm like... What the well, heck, guys? It's, it's, the, it's, it's the same problem that you have. You, like, It's literally yeah. word for word. It's like a copy and paste that most of them do. Because like, the reviews are pretty much the same. And I'm like, it, it, you just because just you, you know, you're a Marvel fanboy, you're going to like say, oh, it's the best movie ever made. It's stupid. Well, and I think I think too. There's that that the whole issue where did, what Disney froze out like the L.A. Times yeah. from being able to see what wasn't at Coco like before. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't allow them to sit in to review it beforehand because they had given like that, or they had done that. Uh, that uh, no pe- Thor. <clears throat> they oh, didn't allow them Ragnarok. to see Ragnarok. Yeah, because yeah. they had done that piece on like Disney and the taxing of Anaheim yeah. and how Disney doesn't pay in its due diligence, even though like they've done more for Anaheim than what Anaheim's done for Anaheim. Yeah. But they literally were like, "Oh, you're gonna trash talk us? Guess what? Now you can't see our movies." And LA Times were like, "We're so sorry." Mm-hmm. So Star Wars is a hundred percent approval <laughs> rating from us, you know. And it's kind of like they get to beg their way back in, whereas like. I think Warner Brothers, because they got you know the, kind of the rug pulled out from underneath them on so many of their films with the DCEU, that I think that they're 
I think they're less inclined to try to play that hardball because they they're almost begging like, hey, we need higher scores, we need higher scores. But you could see even the disparity in that because the animated films always end up with such a high rating, and it's just the live action ones. Oh that yeah, get tanked it it, it makes reviewers, no sense. You know, I mean, it's, I mean especially well, I, like I, um, oh crap, uh, I could probably pull it, but I'm pretty sure uh, that Batman Killing Joke has like a has like yeah. a high eighty percent, and I'm like that movie was trash. It was it was yeah, abysmal, it was and it's like no, it's got like an eighty something percent. I'm like I don't, but. But I think sometimes I think it's, it's, it's the name. Yeah, it's the yeah. hype, the name that it holds with it. You know what I mean? Like a, you know, what do you think of the killing joke? It's one of the most iconic Batman stories of all time. So, yeah, it's going to have that gravitas, that weight. And I think it was, I mean, to some degree, that's the way it's going to be for any adaptation of a well-received um, comic book. Because mm-hmm. I think even like V for Vendetta and Watchmen had like a ton of hype behind it in the comic book world because we all loved the graphic yeah. novels. So. I think there's always going to be that battle. So I think with Star Wars, there's, I think some reviewers are going to be too afraid to be too honest because they're going to worry about the backlash. So Agreed. Two cents, boom. <laughs> you have a lot of that. I, I've got like a hundred cents. Hold dollar. Hold dollar. Hold dollar. That's it. People, if somebody was like, penny for your thought, I'm like, nah, 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 son. He's like, sit down. <laughs> Yeah. Let me learn you a story. Oh, man. All right. So where can everybody find you guys? Probably in our house right now. I mean. <laughs> but but don't come knocking on the door, please. We got Christmas right now. We can't. Baby we sleeping. Can't, yeah, baby sleeping. Don't don't bug us. Oh, you mean like on, oh, yeah, on, on the social, social media. media. Um, so the podcast <laughs> itself it can be found at Cloud City Cast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to Cloud City Podcast on Facebook. Or you can email us directly, cloudcitycast at gmail.com. You can find me at Citizen of Disney. And you can find me at Liam Bright. And you can find me at Josh L. Kane on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Facebook and Tumblr at Animation Station Podcast, on Twitter at Animate Podcast. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and our website, AnimationStationPodcast.com. Just click on the podcast tab. Nice. Look at that. Uh, nice little rundown. It's yeah, getting it's getting longer. It's down. getting longer and longer and longer. <laughs> you gotta you gotta cut some I'm of in the that, social media. I'm in out. that I'm in that Google Play world where I'm like still waiting for them to actually review everything because it is ridiculously hard to get on there. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah, just whenever you guys want to send me that email saying it's done, that'd be great. <laughs> Google Play. Yeah, Google Play. And what was the other one we got an email about that was like, hey, make sure you get your podcast on this spotify. spotify yeah i saw Spotify's that the, the other one. one right they sent that email out yeah yeah we haven't submitted for yeah, that same. one but i'm oh yeah that was sure we will eventually. like i like oh, we, we put a lot of trailers and stuff like in our uh like in our episodes yeah, so i'm like well will they take that down since it's copyright even though i put a little thing that says this belongs oh. to disney yeah. yeah so who knows you never yeah, know so. these days just worried about that there's always the potential huh <sighs> But in the meantime, you guys can help out both the podcasts if you go on iTunes and you give us a nice little five-star rating. Leave a little blurb, what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see more of. Would you like more of these uh, partnership episodes so we can make this happen more often? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every little bit counts. And uh, we are starting a, um, a, a drug, drug cartel. cartel. <laughs> um, we're, we're starting a new thing. Like If you want to send us $5,000 a week, 
what we can do, <laughs> what we can in, in drugs only. Uh, what we can do is we can make all of our podcasting. Um, no, nah, screw it. I'll just cut that. That was dreams come that was true. Dumb. I don't know where I was going with that. You should have gone with like if you guys want to send us with the low low monthly fee of five thousand dollars, we can <laughs> quit our jobs and podcast exactly. Full time. Yeah. You could get a show every get, day. Yeah, daily episodes, seven days a week. What we'll do for $5,000 a week is we will move up to California. We will buy two mm-hmm. houses right next to each other. We will combine them, put like some sort of tube thing that connects the two houses. So then we can have one big recording studio and just all record there. I like that. that sounds idea. magical. That sounds, that sounds and then, and then later on, we'll bring Jared in. And he'll live in the cul-de-sac. We'll just have our own cul-de-sac. <laughs> oh, we'll have a yeah. cul-de-sac of the podcast. It just says podcast land. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> that would be really fun. No one would ever visit us. <laughs> no, only podcasters. There you go. All right. Oh, well, hope everybody enjoyed the Star Wars podcast. Uh, if you want to hear our uh, Starship Trooper podcast, let me know in the comments. Um, and we can make that happen. <laughs> Since it is the best sci-fi talk movie. about Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, he's the great. That's all I want to talk about. You ready Just... for Mind Blown right here? Never seen it. Liam, Liam, <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. episode one of... I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe you haven't seen, seen that. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the episode one's going to be Darby O'Gill and the Little People because she still hasn't watched that one either. So. I don't... But why no. that one's what, what was that? that? I don't know. Old Disney uh, movie, yeah. live action Disney movie. With a very, very young Sean Connery. Oh, a young Sean Connery. Like yes. younger, younger than did. when he was in The Longest Day? Like James Bond, like young Oh, yeah, this Connery. was, uh, yeah. yeah, like The Longest Day, he's like not even credited. That's how young he is. He's just like <laughs> random soldier number four who has like one speaking line. Wow. It's fantastic. Well, then I guess I need to see that. You haven't seen The Longest Day? It's up. only like three hours long. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, the longest movie. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, that was super fun. Well, for oh, you. Oh, yeah, it was thanks. super fun for me. <laughs> we always have fun. Yeah, no, thanks, Josh, for doing this with us. This, is, this was awesome, and it let us, like I said earlier, it let us work through quite Vent. a bit of the things that we, we have questions steam. about. Because it's nice to know that you can, you can love a thing and still complain about it, like our marriage. That's why it works. <laughs> At least you said it, not me. Right. I'm just going to stay out of this one. You guys work through.